Hello, welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, we talk about expectations and the realities of a new designer. So on this episode, we're kind of talking about my journey as a designer, new designer. It's been about a year um, and just the realities that I face. I've always known that interior design wasn't as easy as most people think it is. I just didn't expect it to be this hard, which again, it's not always specifically hard, hard where I'm discouraging. It was just a lot more than I expected. Um, And I always wanted to go back to school just so I could be legit. I didn't want to be, you know, just self-taught or self-made. And I'm actually very grateful that I didn't and that I didn't spend $40,000 on a private university here in Seattle that offered interior design. And it was all kind of fate and God and just how it happened was that towards um, the middle of last year, I was like, okay, I need to start building my career and what I want. And my husband's like, okay, well, kind of need to step it up and um, support the family as well because it is really expensive to live in Seattle. So the reality now is that both people, both, you know, parents have to work. And so, and I kept saying, I don't want to just work at a job at a desk that I hate. Like my parents didn't come to America for me to have a job that I hate. And like, I need a career, something that I can truly make a lot of money. And I'm like, you can't expect me to make six, $7,000 a month just by, you know, doing nothing, working at a desk. So and- well, let me ask you, when you came to interview with me, you had pictures of rooms you had done, mm-hmm. right? Like a bathroom you'd helped with. And yeah. so when you were doing that, were you thinking this is my like cornerstone stepping stone to a design degree or to a design career or were you just because you're good at you're helping no I always wanted to do interior design my entire life and I and it's funny because growing up and even just kind of the past couple years everyone's like you should be an event planner you're so good at it and I do that for friends for my church I would do florals I'll do hair and makeup I would do photography like every little detail I would do it I'd be the go-to girl so I was like oh my god you should do that in your business she is really amazing by the way thank you (laughs) and so I was like no interior design was what I really want to do but again I didn't know where to look I like would try to google things in Seattle I tried to find people um that were local that just to reach out and I didn't know what to expect in Pinterest and so at that point um I was like, okay, I found this job on Craigslist that said you don't really need a degree. I'll train you. So I was like, great. And so it was funny because on that last, like that, I had to, to interview in a couple of days and my friend's like, well, did you get your portfolio? And I was like, no, like a couple of rooms aren't finished yet. And so, and I was really bummed that a couple of rooms weren't finished with a couple of friends. I was, I started to do just charge them a couple hundred dollars here and there. Um, but I did do my mom's bathroom. I fully gutted it. Like Broke down walls, moved things, learned some things there as well. And it was all marble and gray. It was beautiful. Oh, thank you. And so that's what I showed Chelsea. And that's what kind of clicked. So even coming in here, I didn't just come empty handed. Oh my God, I want to be a designer. I said, okay, this is the entry I did. I also did my mother-in-law's house completely Uh fully redone and like kind of before and afters. So I had this like um, just simple little basic like... um, some kind of online portfolio that my husband's friend did for me that happens to be Ilya who does our podcast and everything. So (laughs) it was kind of nice to have a techie friend that could help me literally in like a couple hours. Um, And so that's what I brought to the interview to show that I've done this and I'm starting to be serious about it. Now that my son was four at the time, he started sleeping through the night better. I'm like, okay, I can really give my all into it. And that's kind of how I started. And then the rest is history that I got your course and to be with you and to learn so much. But um, I think it's just the realities was that I did not expect that there was so much detail. Well, it's different. To go wrong. It's different, right? Working for your family and working for your friends 
it's completely different yeah, than and, working with design clients. And even with my my friends that I did the daughter's room, um, obviously my sister-in-law was free. My mom's bathroom is about 20000 that she had a budget with, but it was for free. But the budget I had to work with with our friends was like 1000 bucks for their kid's room, which isn't bad. But when I come to work here and my budget is thirty, forty thousand, 40000 that's a lot of responsibility. And that's a lot yes. of um, places for mistakes to be made. And so... Yes. Yeah, you're dealing yeah. with a $500 lamp. Yes. Not something you got at Target and you can return. Yeah. You know, again, I do teach design online in my course. So I want to know, am I teaching the right things? Am I teaching you what you need to know, what you wanted to know, what, what, um, like you had misconceptions about what it was to be a designer? So all of those things, I want to ask Nadia questions specifically so that I can keep understanding what a new designer Thanks, right? And I always ask you guys to send in questions and um, keep them coming because we'll keep answering them. But, you know, what is it really like to go out there and to be a new designer starting from scratch? Because I would say probably 75% of people that start design businesses don't have design degrees, which is absolutely fine. I mean, I've said it over and over, some of the best designers in the world don't have any formal education, but they have an amazing gift, an amazing talent. And that is, Nadia, when I first interviewed you, um, you didn't have schooling or background, but you did talk in your resume about your organizational skills. You talked about your party planning. You talked about events you prepared for your church and, and the decorations and things that you did. And that's important too, right? As a designer, you learn you need to be organized and you need to be able to adapt and pivot and um grow and change and work in a budget. And so I knew all of the skills you came to the table with were important. You might not have realized you were starting your design career, mm-hmm. but I did. Right. And then I'd seen some of the pictures you did uh, and they were beautiful and it was the right um, ability, right? The, the right artistic ability, the right taste level, I think, to be a designer because it doesn't do much good if you're not going to be better than the average homeowner. Mm-hmm. Right? What's the point of hiring a designer? But but I am really curious. You know, you started out here day one, and I will tell you, people always put on their best um, their best face in an interview, right? I had this expectation in my mind, and I, to be honest, had interviewed so many people, I could have sworn you had designed a design degree. <laughs> I don't know why. And in our first group meeting. I said something, well, and Nadia's, she said, she raised for, I, I don't have um, a design degree <laughs> after I'd already hired her. Yeah, I was like, um, I didn't oh, say that. <laughs> okay, well, I knew there was a reason I hired you, so. <laughs> but that first day, we hadn't even opened the store yet. And we were putting together um, these little rolling filing carts for each designer has their own chair and their own filing carts. And, you know, we were starting this huge store. I had to be on a budget. And so we got them from Ikea. And I gave it to you and said, okay, here, great. Can you put these together? And you looked at me like, sure. And then I saw you after a while, still working on the first one and really just struggling and getting frustrated. And I went to see how you were doing and it was really wobbly. And uh, you would just never put together a piece of Ikea furniture or anything ever. Yeah. So that was kind of her first foray into, you. you are going to have to, know how to use a hammer and a screwdriver. You're going to have to get dirty. You're going to have to get involved 
there are going to be pieces you have to put together. You know, even high-end furniture we get, you got to get the legs, you got to, you know, these things. So there were, I, I knew we were in for um, an adventure with, <laughs> but, but you're the perfect designer for me because I love to mentor and coach and I love to teach things that I've learned over the years and to try to prevent people from making mistakes. So I knew that I could mold you and, and, you know, create this ultimate designer. But that is where we started from. I totally forgot about that. You couldn't put together an Ikea and you were having a panic attack. You're yeah. Like, I just, I just never, I know I always ask my husband to do this and I just, I just never, but then when you, I finally showed you that you just hadn't turned it all the way and that this mm-hmm. is the way these things will work and you were so proud. But the fourth one, I was like a boss. I, I know. so quick. You were so good. But I think that was the first time you realized, hey, I can do this. I can learn mm-hmm. new things. And, and you were always very open to learning. I mean, there are always going to be things you push back on, right? Like today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. With pricing, that's a whole nother. Um, but, but that's just your part of growing and learning, mm-hmm. right? So I am going to ask Nadia, like what, what is it that you thought it was going to be like to be a designer? So tell me, paint the picture. You've got an imaginary uh, magic wand, right? And you're, before you met me, before you started working here, you had this idea, like you said, you've always wanted to be a designer. Your whole life you wanted to be a designer. What did you imagine that would be like? Like, What did you imagine a day-to-day, like a normal day would be? Like really, can you go back and don't be influenced by what you've seen as reality? I think I wasn't as realistic because... Obviously, I didn't really have anything to go off of, even though I always grew up watching HGTV. Well, that's but, what you had to go off of. Yeah, yeah. But I think I just expected to come in and just use my talents of being super gifted with design and just style. And I always say, like, I'm literally on Pinterest and Instagram for hours every day. I keep up with everything. But I thought I would just kind of come in and do what I love and have it be easy. And people would come to me because of my style, how much they love it. I didn't realize it was all business. I didn't realize that you're selling your design that there's so much detail to go into it into understanding your client the psychology of that of being smart and even allocating time like you always say like don't put all this hours into just a touch base presentation but i'm overthinking it like i got i had been heartbroken so many times at the beginning by some clients where i literally put 10 hours into a touch Mm -hmm. base and you're like no only one hour goes into that and i thought oh well i had to you know price it out and get this and get that so I never really expected it to be like that. I just yeah. thought they'd like like what I pick. It's just well. So did you glam. imagine like as a designer, you'd go to someone's house, and they would say, "Here you go, <laughs> this is what I need," and you would go shopping, or you would just. I mean, what did you think a designer did? No, I definitely knew that. I didn't really think about the most custom part of how we do custom furniture. I mean, I knew that, but I just didn't think I would maybe be in that scale yet. I guess my little mind didn't cross that bridge yet. <laughs> but I just thought, yeah, I'd go into people's houses. they tell me what they want to give me a budget, and i just run with it and pick it. And I always did such a good job with that with friends and friends of friends and people just here and there that it wasn't really foreign to me. I just well, wanted the more like high-end experience of custom-made furniture, of custom drapes, Thing that things that I know I can't just do working on the side by just going to West Elmers and picking it out. Like, yeah, I could do that on the side, have a styling business or something, but that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to do full-on magazine-style houses, like, wow. Well, and you also probably had an unrealistic expectation because in your family, mm-hmm. you have a brother that's in the flooring industry. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, 
people in the painting industry, you have tilers, you have, you're surrounded by creative craftsmen. Mm-hmm. And so like when you were doing your mom's house, your the bathroom, you probably didn't have to think about hiring a contractor, hiring subs. No, we hired a contractor, but I, I just didn't, like we were, we got a crawfoot tub, right? And a I just, crawfoot tub? Crawfoot. crawfoot. What's a crawfoot tub? That white one with the... That's a clawfoot tub. Oh, clawfoot. <laughs> so English English is my second language. Let me but just say that. It's not an excuse. Clawfoot. Um, clawfoot. Which, yes, again, clawfoot. that's the furniture history part. Yes, clawfoot. I teach that in my course. She hasn't... She needs to review that, that Oops. video. But I didn't know that when we bought it online that, like, the piping didn't come with it or the faucet or there's some kind of... Like, um, the drain. Valve. Yeah, yeah. Even the little pop up drain. That's what it was. Plugs, and, the, yeah. and he told me, and he's like, You need to find it. And I'm like, That's your job. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, Go find it. And I was just so confused. Like, okay. And then I was so pissed that the tile guy did the shower wrong. Like, he tiled it wrong. I wanted it to be, um, I think I wanted it to be horizontal. He did vertically. So the tile was correct that we picked, but the way that he laid it, and I was just like, I specifically told you no. So that you, was, did you tell him or did you draw for him? See, that's a thing. Me, yeah. You I wasn't there yet. Yeah, you can't yeah. do everything verbal, right? Yeah. I'm going to remember. Especially with men, no offense, but <laughs> sometimes. Well, me too. But you know, like, I guess with women, it's a little bit more detail oriented, but still. No, no, it's, it's, you're in a profession. This is a construction job. Oh, I know. It's all You're, you have to relate to the other artisan what your vision yeah. is. You were chosen to design the vision. Now you want people to execute that, but you have to give them tools. Yes. And, I, yeah. and now, again, when you're a designer, that's your liability. If you didn't tell them how to install it correctly, that's all on yeah. you. And you might have to pay to mm-hmm. get new tile, to have it redone. Did they redo it or did they ju- you just Mm-mm. live with it? Did you tell your mother that that's how you had intended it to be? No. I mean, it, it looks fine. It's just gray marble tile. Like, it, it looks fine. It's just for me, in, in my crazy attention to detail, I know what's wrong. And that was like one step closer as I became to to be a designer of the little things I learned. Or like, he, he put the handles in the spot that I did not want them to be. So I look at them every time I walk in the bathroom, just cringe. I'm like, why you didn't would you mark where you want them to go? I, I showed it to him and I guess I didn't mark, mark it. See, yeah. see, take notes people because <laughs> <laughs> luckily that's just my mom's bathroom. But little things like that um, and just other things I had to pick out, I didn't expect. Yeah. but it, it, Well, I, I learned that, you know, when I first started, um, well, gosh, it wasn't when I was, maybe five years into it and my kids were now in preschool and I had all this time and I had spent all this time at Home Depot redoing my own house and I had spent so much time in the paint department and I had helped people pick out paint and I had even gotten a design client there and the paint guy knew me by name and finally said Chelsea why don't you just get a job here you spent so much time in the store and so I did I got a job as a kitchen designer which was phenomenal I learned so much they paid for my training for the 2020 um, CAD courses and stuff and I didn't know, even then, even having a degree in design, I didn't know that when you buy the kitchen sink and you buy the faucet, yeah, you have to pick out just the little, you know, plug at the bottom. Mm-hmm. You have to purchase that separately. Um, you're always going to learn something. Always, on every job site. And it's just learning to pivot and to smile and wave and to <laughs> kind of get through it without worrying the client before you have a solution. So always to find a solution before you yes. kind of bring it up. That's another that's another big lesson, yeah. right? Not, not to cover it up, but just to find a solution before you kind of approach your client and worry them. Yeah, because in our industry, and you may not know this, but items become backordered or discontinued 
all the time. And you may look at a catalog or you've looked at something and yeah, it's in stock, but it's going to take you a couple days to A, convince your client of it. Your presentation might not be for a week. And then by the time you lock everything up and they pay, and then you get around to doing your paperwork and your ordering, you know, two weeks could go by Mm -hmm. and they're all gone. And now what do you do? So I teach, right? Have a solution before you call the client because I've seen it Mm -hmm. Too many times you call in a panic and call the, the client and say, oh my gosh, that faucet, we can't get that faucet anymore. And, and they're going to ask you, all oh, right, well, what do we do? But if you call and say, all right, I've got some news. Uh, that faucet that we had chosen, it is discontinued. We can't get them anymore, but I found an even better one. It was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason. And isn't this beautiful and it's even taller and it's, you know, have the solution first. You never yeah. want to call your clients just with problems, right? They hired you as a professional. You know, your, your plumber wouldn't say, hey, there's a big clog here. Don't know what we're going to do about that. Yeah, for sure. They fix it. So, um, so you just started here, right? And yes, we're in a different environment. Mm-hmm. You have to take, you know, clients come into the store, but it's no different than you meet a client somewhere. You're out networking. Um, what was the first thing that... You, because I know I saw the look on your face when you'd leave some days. There were moments where you thought, "Oh crap, what did I get myself into? Is this yes. really what I wanted to do?" So I think it was my very first big client, and obviously not to give out names, but it was a huge remodel slash build undertaking. It was a bathroom, a full-on kitchen, a living room, like a wine cellar, lots of custom pieces lots of design essentially it was my entire design that I persuaded this client to do because what she had originally picked out um, was something that I wasn't really crazy about or like but I said, yeah I'll, you know I'll give you what you want and I'll see but I was like hey actually look at this look I can give you that's exactly in the genre that you want but it's updated it's newer it's pretty and luckily she okayed everything so right before we started to install I was like oh shoot like this is all on me designer I hope uh-huh. this works out and they were so many mistakes it's unreal (laughs) and I think you were exhausted from it I was exhausted luckily we had a phenomenal connection that we were able to get through like every situation Uh but even the simplest thing was I loved the look of this black waterfall shower right and I think it did it did sell out before we got it Uh and so we got something else and well I know now but I didn't know that if you want that Cause I got that half glass, um, shower panel, the, the uh-huh. door instead of a full door. Yeah. yeah. So it looked clean and sleek and we got this other faucet that was not straight down how it looks in all the pictures. And so for <laughs> three or four weeks, we had this massive issue of there is water getting all over the floor on the walls, on the yeah. walls. because the, the direction that the shower head was angled out like a typical shower head, mm-hmm. it would spray towards the back wall of the shower which would then bounce off the walls and you just had this half panel of glass. Yeah, yeah. And then our yeah. client wanted us to get a new custom door for $1,500 that we would have to eat and do. So I'm panicking. Chelsea's panicking. Finally, it hit us that, oh my God, it's the wrong faucet. It doesn't go da- It doesn't go down like it should. And that faucet was still a couple hundred dollars too. It wasn't a cheap faucet. Well, we just solved the problem by adding a yeah. different neck yeah. to so we just changed that, the but- shower head so that it wasn't angled out it went down like a waterfall shower and it worked great I yeah mean, again that's why i always say you're you're a problem solver yeah because there's oh gonna my be gosh. problems number one is problem solver there, absolutely you're gonna have problems there's so many moving parts 
right? As a designer. And you're dealing with emotion. You're dealing with money, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. So you have to be able to, to solve those problems, think on your feet. And, you know, at the end of the day, your client has to be happy, has to. Yeah. And be that happy. was my design that I sold her. And so, and at the end of the day, she'd said, this was your guys' design. It's not yeah. working. I want this, this, and that. So I'm just sitting there <laughs> thinking, oh my God, this is so hard. What did I get myself into? Or there was so many issues with contractor or tile or this, or some tile was forgotten to pal, or it was discontinued, or it was back ordered, and just lots of little details that you have yeah. to be on top of. You have to be on top of. So, oh my goodness. And that's one of the things, you know, we've talked about, you know, when you do your installs, you need to be there. You need to see how things are putting. You need to see that it did come in in the color you wanted it to, that it's going to the right place, that things are hung the mm -hmm. right size. That just happened this week. Um, Kevin, who does our custom mantles, and he went out to the homeowner and the designer wasn't there and he had to make a decision because if he mounted the new live edge, beautiful custom mantle, where the old one was, the bolts that go into the brick would have hit right in the mortar and it wouldn't have been as strong and it needed to be up on a brick. So he had to move the mantle up about two inches, which this mantle is a lot thinner than the old one. The old one had a lot of um, molding and, and a base to it. So it was much deeper, you know, thicker. And so now the mantle looks odd. It looks high. It's the first thing I noticed. And <laughs> the homeowner noticed it, but Kevin didn't, he's not a designer. He creates beautiful wood pieces. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have that attention to detail and the, the balance and scale, right? That we've mm -hmm. talked about. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't have that eye. And so he was left to make the decision by himself. And in my opinion, he chose wrong. Oh, man. But luckily it's an easy fix and um we got some really cool black iron metal brackets to go down below so it oh, kind of perfect. draws your eye down a little more he can move it down two inches luckily we did a german schmear on the fireplace mm -hmm. so we just add a little more schmear over the holes yeah. that we now have to redrill but it was a if if the designer had been there that wouldn't have yeah, been a problem yeah. she would have said no 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 it's too high let's move it down i, I think that's what else i've really learned is that so many things go wrong that I thought, okay, there's no way it's going to go wrong. I did this and this and that, X, Y, Z. Even though you always teach, expect something to go wrong. I'm like, okay, I'm expecting it. But some things were so off and just lots on my part and just life that you have to really react quick on your feet and how to solve the problem, like you said. And there's so many behind the scenes that I didn't realize go on just to make it look beautiful. Yeah. But the, mo the moment you walk in, you would never know. But we know the entire backstory. I'm just like, Wow, I did not know that. I have to really focus on my problem solving skills as well. Like, not really only that, important. and this is something that I just even coached you on this week, um, because you do get flustered because you are new. And mm -hmm. it was a client that we had figured square footage for tile. Oh yeah. And we she did all her math correctly. I double checked everything. It looked great. We were going off of her measurements, which I've said I'm in, notorious for um, in another one of our podcasts that measuring's not. But yes. I, she just has a, a irrational fear of numbers. I don't yes, know why. numbers in general. I think someone beat her over math when she was a child. No, just, no it was just bad. Because you're fine when you do... The, the math you do is fine, but you get so nervous. And so we had under-calculated how much tile we needed, and the client came back. And she was... The client was fine with it. But you seemed so panicked and upset. And I had to remind you, never let the client see that. Mm -hmm. Because then they start to lose... The faith in you, they start to lose their confidence. And yeah. this is big chunks of money. 
So you have to keep it cool. This is not your first rodeo. Mm -hmm. No problem. You know what? Let me double check. Yep, there's plenty in stock. I'm going to get that. It'll be here in a week and we'll get it out to your title. It, it, if, you, if it's not a problem for you, like if you don't panic, they won't panic. Yeah. This happens every day. Uh, shoot, shucks, that happens sometimes. Let's just fix it and move on. You got to play it cool. Yeah, I just didn't know where to start. Like, I didn't know what she was writing in front of me. The paperwork doesn't the matter. Pass. Yeah, like you, you said, I should have cool. asked her to to walk away or just go oh, go look at something in the store yeah. we got new and let me figure this out. Yeah, hey, give me twenty minutes. Let yeah. me call the tile place and find out. But you know, do you want something to drink? You know, go take a look. We got some new furniture in. Yes, yeah, I will play do that next cool. time. <laughs> Again, this is they're expecting you to manage their project. Yeah, yeah. So if their manager's falling apart, <laughs> that's kind of what you are. You are a manager. Exactly. Of lots of different mini projects and. Well, and I, I have to remind all of you guys too, um, when I, I'll ask you about the details, like where are you going to put the drawer poles? Where are you going to, and you say, well, they'll, like they'll just install it. No, you're the designer. Do you really trust Joe Schmo cabinet installer to Never. decide where your poles are going? Because I know you have a look in your mind when we redid the bakery down there, you know, and Stephanie would say, well, I know, they'll figure it out. No, 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 no. This is your design. What color do you want the front door to be? I know that he'll buy the paint. Don't worry. You need to pick the color of the paint. Don't leave this to someone else. Your name's going to be stamped on this in the end. So it is a lot of details. And you don't even have to be good at, at just, again, like I always teach you, use your sketchbook. Mm -hmm. So I put everything of that client in the sketchbook. So that way you don't have little post-its. You're not having scribbled notes everywhere. I put all of my notes in their section of the sketchbook so that it's all in one place. Um, and that just keeps my sanity and keeps it from, you know, losing track yeah. of things. Um, but it is, it's on you, right? You're the designer. I think that's what makes me get stressed out a lot sometimes is that at the end of the day, like this is all me, their money and their faith is on me and my design. So I think another thing I've really, really learned from most of my clients is like you said, to always be there. I think I will never miss a time if a contractor's ever there again because yeah. they don't know or they forget or they lost. And we uh -huh. did do diagrams for some specific things. They still got it wrong. They blamed us. It was this whole fiasco. The way that we could prove. No, yeah. This yeah. is the way we And that was it. awesome because I went and back, went yeah. back on my text and had everything imaged, you know, the image out that I drew out for where specific things were supposed to go, but that was a huge learning curve. That and then the um, the homeowner said, "I thought you'd be here every week," uh -huh. and I didn't even get a chance to be there. Well, first of all, it was kind of just like a more specific client, but at the same time, I thought I didn't have to go tell some guys how to do something. But at the end of the day, it is your design, and no one can understand what's in yeah. your head but you. No matter how well you explain it, it's just best to be there save yourself so much headache. Well, and once you build your team and you have a really good contractor yeah, that yeah. you communicate with, but but again, you can't have enough drawings, measurements, and you sign off on it. You sit there, do you see this? Yes, I see this. You see this? Yes, I see this. <laughs> and sign off, right? So then it's not like you're trying to blame someone, mm -hmm. but there are going to be less mistakes. And, Reliability. Um, so the other thing that I know has been, I think, eye-opening to you since the very beginning, and you still struggled with it last week, but you came out brilliantly i'm so proud of you ah. is someone comes to you with a style um a look that is not your taste uh, how do you deal with that as a designer nadia yes <laughs> so i know you can't see me but i like everything very clean and crisp blacks whites nudes creams i love everything to be 
not simple simple but everyone always expects me for saying luxurious not it's not that i like it luxurious i just like it to look like a magazine and that that's just like my style and i'm okay with um i love actually doing different styles because i would never do it for myself so it's fun to do it for someone else but i got a client who asked for art lots of color in a craftsman home wanting it wanting to preserve the original craftsman look and style and feel and I kid you not, I avoided this project for a good four days. I knew my uh-huh. touch base was a week away and I was just pushing it, pushing it to the back burner. And like you said, just go on Pinterest and, and you know, get inspired. And I'm like, I don't even know what this means. I took so many notes because they were just very explicit that I forgot to take pictures. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what did I do? It was so embarrassing. I took all the measurements. It was a ton of measuring because there was multiple windows, a bay window, and I didn't take like pictures. No pictures. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. And rookie, so, rookie. Yeah. <laughs> and so I found one um, picture on Pinterest and it happened to be a blog post. I I went in and kind of saw the details that they had mentioned about craftsmen and what's important and how to balance it and um, work with it. And it just finally clicked. And yep. again, this client was so specific. And like Chelsea always says, they can say a certain style like craftsmen. And um, the other one was like Quaker or Shaker. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's all open to interpretation. And so I had so many pieces picked out because I really didn't know what they wanted. I didn't know. And like, again, with my connection, sometimes I didn't hit it off that well with them. Sometimes it was a little bit hard to connect in a specific way that I would have liked. But yeah, I put this presentation together. It's not that I wasn't expecting much. I just, I was open, like, you know. Well, that's touch base. Yeah, touch base, you know. And then I randomly, and I had to put together a whole PowerPoint and I did, um, inspiration photos just for them uh-huh. to visually see like how this I, or that yeah this or that. Base. are we on the right page am i am i what you said is craftsman is that what i think is craftsman mm-hmm. that's what the touch base appointment is about and, yeah and they said they were really keen on lighting but i wanted to show them rooms with the lighting look i wanted to show hey they have this kind of lighting with this style are you okay with it and then to paint a wall a really dark color to contrast the beautiful wood and then I just randomly grabbed some um, fabric books and bedding just to have something physical to show them that this wasn't just on a computer PowerPoint kind of presentation. Mm-hmm. And they ended up loving it. They lo- you nailed it. I was shocked. I was so happy. I was on cloud nine and I genuinely got super excited for this project. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah. I'm super, super excited. And then the little girl wants her room done too. And <laughs> kind of even was started out with being in a budget and me just bringing up, Hey, you said, you know, you would like to stay in the $10,000 budget per room. We're doing a couple of rooms would you be okay, you know, raising it a couple thousand dollars more just because we are having four swivel chairs and, um, we're having bookcases and they're like, you know what, just design it without having a budget in mind. And then we'll see. Yeah. It's like, okay. Okay. But that does not mean yes, yes. go crazy because yes. I know you. Like no, I'm very luxurious. cautious of budget, well, but are, I do yeah. like very nice things. Yeah. But, but that was a, that was a really mm-hmm. big growth moment for you. And I saw it. It, it, but, but that happens to me too. Um, when I started out as a designer, because it's, you know what you like and we tend to look at pictures of things we like. Like I, if I'm going through a design magazine, I'll skip through the rooms that I think are ugly and I'll really (laughs) focus on the rooms that I like. Well, then you just sort of get stuck in one way. So I always teach, right? You ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, take pictures, yes. take measurements, and then come back right away and start brainstorming because it'll be one thing that just clicks yeah. and makes it all fit into place. And I think it was like the light fixtures because they had talked about sort of some Tiffany light fixtures, arts and crafts, you know, and you hate that look. Mm-hmm. 
But once you started seeing a more modern interpretation of it, yes. then it finally clicked. And they mm-hmm. loved your look mm-hmm. because they don't want to be stuck in the past. They want to have an updated, nice, modern house, but they like that, the um, the aesthetics. They like the clean lines. You realize that, that there are common traits in the different styles and it's mm-hmm. clean lines, geometrics. It is more earth tones, but rich, deep versions of them, deep green and some burgundies and... Um, you did great. They yeah, loved it. Thank you. I was I was kind of proud of myself. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. No. I, I've I've watched you grow and change, um, and I think it's been fun to watch you. You're always surprised. Like I don't. I didn't know I had to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's your job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a designer. Learning your vendor so well mm-hmm. that you know about the different kind of cushion contents. You know why one is better than the other, and then you know how to price them because if they want down it's going to be more expensive well you have to know that ahead of time so you can prepare them you know well if you want those cushions no problem i will let you know it's going to be a little bit higher price but we'll find a fabric that's in the great grade and that that you know, there's always solutions mm-hmm. but that is your job as part of being yeah. a designer and yeah selling that five thousand dollars sofa and of course i knew of course i knew that um i need to know all the details and I thought I did, but so much slipped out and I was just like, man, I did it again where I thought I had it under control. I totally missed the upgrade in the cushions. I totally missed that there was a whole other sofa, the same one, just a couple of different box cushions. Yeah. Vice knife edge cushions. Yeah. And then just the <laughs> fact that, um, like this, the seat density or just the color and the fabric and what they kind of saw. And I was like, okay, I kind of didn't really do a good job of selling it as I should have or other things. And with each client, each sofa is different. So with our, you know, Louise, it's so customizable. I did so much research on it the next time because I kind of made a mistake again in the beginning of not really knowing it that much yeah. with clients, you know, skipping from couch to couch. But, you know, sofa. you really, yeah, sofa. You really need to know <laughs> all the details in order for them to want to buy it in your design. Yes. But Yeah. They're trusting you. You're the expert, but you need to know your stuff so that you can be the expert. Still growing, still a baby. Yes. Yeah. And, and hopefully... You're just going to keep growing. You're going to keep learning things and we'll keep teaching on our yeah. podcast. Yes. Well, I hope you guys got liked getting to know me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hard on Nadia, but she really is. It's fun to watch her um, grow and learn and she can be my guinea pig and she inspires me to add new new chapters to my course every day but it's good though and it's also it's it's great for me. I've been watching the things that I teach in real life mm-hmm. and I am so confident and the things I do teach are true and work for everybody and they are um, universal mm-hmm. concepts of being a designer. They're yeah. universal ways to work with your clients and to run your business and to work as a successful designer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it is, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, doesn't yeah. matter how old you are, where you're starting from. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, this. I'm the biggest example of that, you know? I know. Someone who is super skeptical and... English is your second language. Yes. <laughs> You've done a great job. Thank you, everyone. Happy designing. Happy designing. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Designed for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, 
email us at chelsea at designforliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforliving.com.